Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm here with Dr. Rob Whitfield, and he is going to put some knowledge on us because he is a holistic expert in the cosmetic space. So welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, we met in Scottsdale at a meeting and uh, got to know each other a little bit. So a little bit of background and color for me. Basically, I've developed this expertise in breast implant illness. And uh, much like you alluded to, um, there's lots of fertility issues. And I, just like you, have ran into anecdotal uh, cases where someone, as you mentioned previously, had stopped using Botox and they were able to become uh, pregnant. I've had people I've taken breast implants out of that didn't cycle, who then cycled and became pregnant just that one time and had a pregnancy that came to fruition and they have a child. So they, you know, uh, credit me with that, which I, I don't, that's not me, but surrounding or, or providing, you know, context around it. I think much of what we face, whether it's from breast implant illness or from fertility issues or from um, just on a whole, some of the illnesses are really, say for instance, aging. Like I would think of that all as a continuum of inflammation and how do you manage or how do you cope with inflammation? And there's all sorts of inflammation. So I've I've dedicated the last six years developing a program really around my breast implant illness patients, but really it will serve all my patients who I operate on or who come to visit me for wellness or perspective about their, their wellness. I do a lot of functional genomic testing in my practice because it's taken a long time to figure out inflammation in my own family. So yeah. I have a gluten problem. Like okay. I don't have the enzymes to deal with gluten. Well, I didn't know this. And my, you know, then four-year-old daughter was, you know, coming to us kind of with this mortified look on her face, you know, having pain and retching around. And I was like, oh no, I always think the worst thing, given how I trained, because I trained for six years in standard surgical training, which was mostly to do with cancer. And then my whole career after training uh, in surgery and then plastic surgery and then microsurgery is really about oncology. Mm -hmm. So I have a different like I always think about the worst things that can happen. So I was like, oh my gosh, my kid has some weird tumor. Like, I have all these experiences that then gauge uh, how I react to things in the you know worst you know case scenario, if you will. And really, it boils down to your genetics. So if I knew your genetics, I could help you circumvent how you would age or manage your inflammation if you want to think of it that way. So when people have fertility issues, I always my ears perk up. I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like, yeah. how are you, how are you eating? You know, what substances do you use? Like 
feminine products are gross just in general. They have lots of glyphosate, organophosphates, phthalates. These are all things that are next to your cervix mm-hmm. and I'm sure cause a lot of problems and lead to fertility issues if I had to get. And that happens because your intrinsic detoxification pathways in your immune system don't function properly. Yeah. So if you don't handle um, or don't have an effective glutathione pathway, then herbicides, pesticides, chemicals in general are really going to affect you. If you don't have, um, you know, an antioxidant pathway, similarly, you're going to just struggle with inflammation. Methylation is a big one. Everybody knows about MTHFR. I mean, it's not a day goes by in my office. I don't have somebody ask me about the, you know, the, we call it the MF gene, but the MTHFR gene, but it's really just one gene out of five genes that help with methylation. So if you universally have a knocked out methylation pathway, if you were to get a viral illness, a bacterial illness, physical exertion was significant, emotionally stressed out, work stress, blah, 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 it'll just bury you mm-hmm. and you won't recover well. Hence, you know, when you're trying to go through fertility treatment, it would be pretty hard probably to actually become pregnant. And all those things just build up to create that environment of inflammation. So I think that's where most of it jumps off. And I always just look at it that way. And I'm a big promoter of inflammation, right? I operate for a living. So, you know, (laughs) I help try to solve it from a recovery standpoint, but I create it. So when I operate on somebody and I have people, about half people uh, I take care of fly from out of state. I'm in Austin, Texas. So everybody knows. And people will come in and out and um, which is a big deal. So I want to put them in the absolute best position to, you know, for the, you know, the win, if you will. So if you're coming to see me, we've done several, you know, weeks to months of work ahead. Yeah. And I look a lot at, you know, someone's food, you know, either with a food sensitivity test, I put them all on gluten-free, dairy-free diets, no processed foods. I mean, if you're coming to me, you better put your your best foot forward because I have done my job for a long period of time. I have a very a large amount of skills. Uh, we have great places, uh, great, you know, uh, whatever you need, like I have it. But if I don't have you in a good spot to begin with, it doesn't matter what I can do, really. the The success rate is going to be not as high as it should be given what we have to offer if we haven't put you in in the right position to succeed. So I try to get everybody in a parasympathetic state, decrease their inflammation, get their food right, you know, make sure they're not having problems with their GI tract, uh, whether it's constipation or diarrhea or whatever. Just get all that sorted out. You know, if I, I have people all the time tell me they were diagnosed with IBS in their 40s. I'm like, no, you won't. You don't have IBS. <laughs> and that's just that just sounds stupid when you listen to it. Like <laughs> That's just somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like there are lots of ways to identify what's wrong with you. And most of them start with what you put in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can't outrun your genetics. I don't care what you do. So, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't pick your parents, but they play a big role in what you do on a daily basis and how you manage what you you get and receive on a on a daily basis. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so obviously it started with kind of you and your daughter, but what were you seeing in the clinics that really kind of shifted your focus on this um, preemptive um, wellness before doing procedures? Yeah, because of the breast implant illness population, I would operate on them and about 30 to 40% would 
just get better right after I did surgery. And so to me, that population had a significant biofilm burden or a low-grade infection. And so when you eliminate that from the system, wow, you know, the whole system, less inflammation, they do better, boom. Plus, I would put them on a different diet. Mm-hmm. And that was my hack back then. I would say, all right, I want you to do this diet and we'll get, you know, this scheduled. And in a pretty narrow time frame, like if you do that, you can imagine somebody who ate like crap their whole life and had a, basically an infection. Yeah. When you take all that away, that's just like an epiphany. So I was like, okay, well, that works in that group. And then there was a group that would take like three to six months to get better. And then there was a group that just wouldn't get better for a long period of time. And those became very frustrated, dissatisfied patients. I'd refer them to like different practitioners, you know, that I knew from functional medicine and nutrition. And some of them would have toxicity like mold. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them would have just basically SNPs, which are single nucleotide polymorphisms, but nobody understood them because the genetics hadn't really caught up to the problem. Yeah. And so we kind of had an idea back then about six years ago. Yeah, these are probably the actual mutations, but we don't have a way to really look at them because the programming back then was pretty limited. Yeah. You had things like 23andMe, you'd put in a different you know, genetic programs to try to get information, but they weren't very sophisticated. Now we have very sophisticated testing and reporting. And now I put through uh, a breast implant illness patient uh, through a toxicity test almost every time. Because I, in Texas or Hawaii or Florida or Georgia or Alabama or anywhere on the coast, you have to prove to me you don't have mold. Because I assume that you've been exposed to mold. And I know everybody in Hawaii (laughs) has been exposed to mold. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't detox well genetically, then that is going to be consistently a problem for you for the rest of of the time I take care of you if we don't really figure out a way to address it. So I look at that up front a lot because then programmatically, you know, we'll have a a detox that we're going to do that will, you know, I always start off really gentle anyway, because some people just don't do well from a detox standpoint. So the, if you put them on a heavy detoxification, you know, plan right away, they'll just get sick. And like, it's something definitely you need to like slowly work up to anything with detoxing. And I just really commend you for this, that the way you are operating and doing your clients such a service, right? Because I think that a lot of doctors, especially in the fertility world, are like, well, here's these medical treatments that are going to cure you or like for us, like get you pregnant. But as you know, there's so many different causes and issues that happen and really are super important to work out to have longevity. Right, right. That's the whole, that's the thing that took me the longest time to figure out. And it wasn't I was relying on other practitioners to help me in the functional medicine space and then COVID happened. And so then my clients couldn't go see them or they weren't seeing clients or they had family to take care of. I mean, there was like, like a complete disorganization during that time frame of my, what I had developed as, as my, you know, practice and, and the protocols we would try to follow. Cause the back then I didn't try to take care of it all myself. And then basically COVID forced me to just take all of it 
which actually was better for me to learn. And I got certified in toxicity and it's just, it's better that I understand it anyway, because now when I listen to somebody tell me in an interview or a discovery session, or if they're in the office talking to me, like I can actually just think about it and see their genetic report. It's all very straightforward now, which any good doctor recognizes patterns. And part of the problem with this is we're not taught to recognize inflammatory patterns in a way that's going to be meaningful on the client side. So for the fertility patient, if the practitioner doesn't think to ask like, oh, you're from Hawaii, any chance you got exposed to mold? And of course, the answer is yes. I mean, it doesn't even matter. Like if I was a fertility specialist dealing with anybody who was on the coast, I would take every single one of y'all and put you through a toxicity test for mold and any environmental heavy metal because of how are you going to get pregnant if that stuff's just circling in your system and you can't detox it from a genetic standpoint. So I think a lot of the failures make a lot of sense when you step back, you know, with a different lens and look at it and go, well, and there's never been a good test or a biomarker for inflammation. CRP, terrible. Sudrate, terrible. Uh, IL-6, only in a certain portion of the population. LPPA2, only if you're infected. Um, I'm always looking for the best biomarker. And that's probably like, I get super aggravated when I don't understand a problem and I don't have an answer. So as a surgeon, I was like, okay, Um and it's funny now that I do all this, but as a surgeon, I only want to take care of things that I could solve. That was the whole mentality. And now I'm doing like both. So, you know, we're sorting out all the basic things. It's like preparing a patient for surgery, just like I did for a cancer case. These things, you know, dot these I's, cross these T's. You can have surgery and we can take care of this. At that point, I did a lot of tumor surgery and reconstruction, but now it's just, okay, I'm walking it back. There's these problems. They're not cancer-related, but they're inflammatory. How can we address them up front, reduce them so that on the back end, your recovery process is much more efficient so that it doesn't disrupt how you live, your activities, how you care for your kids, how you interact with your partner, your spouse, loved ones. Those are like become, and I know they always should have been like bigger and larger things, but it's a lot to think about all the time if you don't have that in your training or you don't understand that from a mentor or or haven't experienced that. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I think that's the nail on the head, right? Or the hammer and the nail, whatever. <laughs> um, Hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, there you go. Is that it's the training and it's it's not the doctor's fault. It's the system's fault that, um, and I almost kind of believe that you didn't need that training because we weren't seeing the issues that we have been seeing for the last, like, let's say 20 to 30 years, right? We didn't have all these crazy um diabetes and autoimmune and you know right. super high inflammation and and it kind of just was this slow buildup and so now a lot of doctors just don't even know where to go and so right. it is their responsibility now because if you have layman's like me figuring it out and understanding that there's like certain things that we need to do especially in preparation for fertility it's their responsibility to kind of go okay I need to investigate this and I do think on 
um, the fertility treatment site, it's almost a little bit like malpractice. Just keep pushing these women through round after round after round and just go, oh, we'll bump your medication up. We'll do this. And there's no prep before and there's no recovery after because as you know, as a surgeon, it's a lot to pump someone through multiple different drugs right. for right. a whole month and you're like at this high inflammation already well, you've just whacked them again, right? Like you've just pushed them further down in their health recovery, if that was even the right. path they were going on. And so we need to be aware of these things. If our doctors aren't doing it for us, we need to take the radical responsibility and go, hey, look, there are things I can do before and after these treatments, whether it be a surgery, IVF, whatever it is that I can do to support myself um, to really almost make it through. And like you say, have a better quality of life during and after. Yeah. So that program, so I was doing it for my patients and it developed in basically it's my recovery program. So it's called HARP. Uh, it's a holistic accelerated recovery program. That's what we refer to it as. And it relies basically stringently on functional genomics testing and then food sensitivities, a GI map, a complete dive into the hormones, liver functions, kidney functions, inflammatory markers, a toxicity test. And when you gather all that and you put it all together, you have a lot more data points than anybody who's ever looked at a patient will have because standard labs don't reveal much. They can't. And so you can have a 30 to 55-year-old female, otherwise healthy, you know, has trouble with, uh, you know, has a fertility issue. But just like I said, if, if you hadn't looked at all those things and, for instance, did a case like my my case, and they took longer to recover, um, really worn down, you know, got constipated, like just all these things are easily avoidable if you just do a little bit of, of work on the front end. So now we have a team that helps run recovery programs for people not operating with me because I can't operate on everybody. Mm -hmm. Like not everybody's able to come to Austin. I'm privileged to have a lot of people who can, and I try to take, you know, great care of everybody, but we're going to expand, you know, programmatically to offer the service, you know, outside of, of, of Austin so that, more people can just be able to do it and it does work well. And you think about it, like I'm not cryptic in what I do. Like it's all very straightforward. Like yeah. what goes in must come out. If your hormones are out of whack, why? Is it genetic? Is it a medication? Is it environmental? Is it all of the above? And then try to just correct and diminish the amount of I don't like variables when I operate. Like I do things a particular way. And so I want just like, I want everybody to come in and and whatever I'm taking care of them for, I want to have the best possible experience for them, both before, you know, during and after surgery so that when they leave, like, damn, like he definitely knows what he's doing. He's, his program works. And so that is, that makes us happy as a team. And I've, you know, personally, I've put a lot into it. So I, I feel very good about, you know, what we get in terms of return. Uh, we just want to be able to provide it for more, more people. Yeah, no, I think you're doing an amazing job and setting an amazing example for, you know, all clinics of all various different um, procedures out there. And so hopefully it will be standard of care 
um, in the future. Let our listeners know where they can find you. So lots of things and, and places I have to be found. So I have a regular site, drrobertwhitfield.com. And then I have a podcast that's specifically devoted to just breast implant illness. It's holistic plus scientific, and it's about breast implant illness with Dr. Robert Whitfield. So if you go into Apple or Spotify and just search Dr. Robert Whitfield, it will come up. And then you can follow us on Instagram. We show a lot of things and have a lot of interaction on Instagram at Dr. Robert Whitfield. So all pretty simple. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you do and how you're, um, you know, bettering humanity, really. And um, I know it's a ripple effect. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.